Welcome to the show. It is good to have you along for another half hour of the show. Andrew Goldberg is our guy, courtesy San Firu Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. It's John Scholes here, always hosting, always ready to uh, rock and roll. Get it set. You have questions about your job, layoff, severance, temporary layoff, anything, uh, harassment at work, COVID-19, all kinds of all kinds of questions and answers for sure. Bring it on. If no question is too silly. We answer them. And whenever you call and ask your questions, chances are you helping and informing hundreds of other people, if not more, listening to this show. Here's another way you can do it. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's for during and after the show anytime. And to reach out to Andrew and his team to uh, get you started on uh, solving your issues, one 821 5900 We'll get to uh, things people are still getting wrong about termination of employment. That's okay. That's why we're here to fill you in and correct those. But uh, first, we'll get to the case of the day, brother. What do you got, uh, what do you got happening? Hey, John. Well, it seems like we have another company in Canada, you know, laying off a significant number of employees. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, today we're here to talk about uh, Ford is the latest example. Uh, Many of our listeners have probably already seen that Ford has let go approximately 3,000 employees and contractors, including 120 in Canada. And the reason for the kind of layoffs is you know, they've communicated that they're shifting to electric vehicles and that they no longer need these individuals to perform the jobs ostensibly they're performing on, you know, gas powered vehicles at one point. Right. Mm -hmm. So once again, to our listeners, you know, you've, you've heard this before on the show, but maybe you're a new listener and maybe this is affecting you now. If if you've been let go of your job, uh, especially if it's part of kind of a mass layoff, you know, you're certainly entitled to severance and you want to have that package reviewed by an employment lawyer if you are, you know, hopefully and as you should be provided a package. And, it, you, you know, something that's kind of important to touch on is if we're shifting, which we are to more of an electric vehicle based environment, then those individuals who are trained and, and their skills are based on gas powered cars, you know, they're skill set might be somewhat outdated and if their jobs are being phased out it's going to be more difficult for them to find new work and as a result of that that could actually be favorable for your severance entitlements which could be increased in light of the fact that it's probably going to take you longer to find a new job so you know you better call in and get your package reviewed before you sign something and uh, it's, it's. I don't think this is going to be the last time we hear something like this with uh, you know changing economies, changing way of life. I mean, electric vehicles is just the start, but there's all kinds of things changing. And you know, as as I'm sure you would say, Andrew, that a lot of companies and or bosses just don't realize what their obligations might be, and they may just clean house and not realize that they're in there for a lot more severance and uh, and and packages than they first thought. Right. Right. I mean, in some instances, there are employers that you know might not know what they're doing and might not be privy to their obligations and Mm -hmm. things like that. But at the same time, when you look at a company like Ford, you know, or a similarly like large company, you'd imagine that there are, that they would know what they're doing. And, but there's oftentimes that companies that do know what they're doing, they lowball their severance offer simply because they expect some portion of the people. If you're letting go 120 people and you lowball every person and 40 of the 120 just take the lowball offer and they negotiate with the other 80 they've saved you know a bunch of money doing that right so sometimes companies are just relying on the fact 
that people might be hesitant to pursue their entitlements. They might not want to speak to a lawyer. It's a new experience for them. But that's exactly why we're here to kind of help guide you know, individuals through that process and don't become, you know, part of those statistics that are discussed Mm -hmm. as an employer when you're trying to, you know, cut costs by, you know, lowballing severance offers and banking on some percentage to just accept them. And uh, we'll get back to this, Andrew, our uh, first topic of the day. It is, uh, you know, things people, you know, they're still getting them wrong about termination of employment. That's okay. We're going to clear some of those up. First one is this. Your employer can legally let you go for almost any reason, many reasons anyway. What do you think about that? Well, you know, that's kind of one of the biggest things that come up during my initial consultation with with many people. It's kind of perceived unfairness or you know, you're let go, but you think you're better than your coworker who does the same job, or maybe there's some degree of favoritism because who knows, you know, your coworker and the boss are both hockey fans and they get, (laughs) you know, along because of that or something. Right. And, and, or you think there's another job you could be doing or your performance isn't being assessed fairly, whatever the case might be, there's a lot of things that you might feel you know, upset about when being let go, but it doesn't mean that it's unlawful to be let go for those reasons, right? So, and that's something I have to explain to people all the time is, you know, there's going to be a difference between the law and what you kind of, you know, whether it be called, you know, ethical or moral fairness or what have you, um, it's, it's not always totally related. So you can be let go for a variety of reasons. And what, you know, one example I use all the time is, you know, imagine a company that employs a commissioned salesperson and they start sale- selling a new product and they anticipate a certain volume of sales in the first year. So when they, you know, re- draft up this employee's contract and provide them with their commission structure, they expect, you know, a thousand sales. But lo and behold, this employee does an amazing job and makes 5,000 sales. So they're paid far more in commissions than the employer ever expected. That employer might fire that person, be like, we're just paying you too much. We're going to, you know, hire someone new and pay them less. Like, in that case, you've been let go for being too good at your job, if you believe it. But there's nothing stopping your employer from doing that. The question becomes, have they given you a fair severance package? That's the cost of letting you go. If there wasn't a justifiable reason to let you go, then the cost of doing that as the employer is to treat you fairly by giving you a package that you deserve. So sometime you'll spend uh, a good deal of time, the initial consultation or phone call with someone that are going, I know I, I did nothing wrong. I'm a great employee. I can't believe they let me go. I guess it's your initial job is to get them to see past that, something that you really can't do anything about at that point if the if the termination was of a legal one and say, we got to look ahead. We got to be you know forward thinking and, and, and get onto the severance front because that's really what matters now, not getting your job back. Precisely. I mean, <clears throat> when we talk about... You know, there are a few reasons that would, you know, are unlawful per se Mm -hmm. to be let go. One would be if you were discriminated against, say, you know, for a human rights protected ground because of your age or ethnicity or religion or sexual orientation, something like that, that, you know, that is considered an unlawful termination, as is if you're trying to, you know, if you're harassed at work, like say you're being harassed or bullied by a colleague and you kind of tell your employer, hey, this is happening. I'd like this to stop. And you're fired as a form of reprisal. That's also a problem. 
But, you know, barring those examples and a, and a few others, yes, the, the conversation quickly will have to shift from, well, this is why I got let go. I don't think that's very fair. And here's why to, okay, I understand and I sympathize with you and I don't disagree with you at all as a person. But from as a lawyer, that's not going to get me to, you know, put out an argument to get your job back. All I can do at this stage is to get you a fair severance, which is designed to help you have some financial security while you look for a new job um, for being fired for a reason that really didn't, you know, justify it per se. Again, things people are still getting wrong about termination of employment. This one, it's really hard to blame people. I mean, unless they've been listening to the show for some time and then, uh, you know, they probably know better. But you should not, should not go to the Ministry of Labor if you've been let go about severance or your package or all that stuff, right? Do not go there. Right. And, and you know, if you're a repeated listener, you might have heard this a dozen times. You might have heard this 50 times, right, listening to the show. But the reason that we bring this up as a topic is because – as long as we can hit a few new listeners every time, then we feel we've done our job. And that's to say Ministry of Labor is not able to get you your full severance entitlements. Your, the Ministry of Labor is only able to get your minimum entitlements, which might be worth a fraction of your full entitlements. And in order to get your full entitlements, you'd have to see a lawyer. And if you do see the Ministry of Labor first and are successful in getting your minimum entitlements that actually prevents you from then going to a lawyer to get the rest. So it's a very, very um, important decision with huge implications. And that's why we bring it up time and time again, because we don't want anyone to make that mistake. Yeah, I guess people have their, their automatic re knee-jerk reaction is ministry labor. This is labor. This is my job. Here's who I'm, I'm going to call. But no, don't that. You know, Go around that and go right to Andrew, one 821 5900 Mike, thanks for taking the time this afternoon. How are you, pal? I'm pretty good. How are you today? Beauty. What's on your mind? I've got a question. If I have uh, an employment agreement uh, that says uh, that uh, if I'm terminator, that I would only be entitled to uh, Ministry of Labor standards. Uh, and say I was wrongfully dismissed or a constructive dismissal or something like that. Am I entitled to more because the contract, because the employer has kind of not acted in good faith and stepped outside the contract? Well, well, Mike, that's that's an excellent question, and <clears throat> I'm going to answer it in two ways, okay? Number one, when you say you're wrongfully dismissed or constructively dismissed, I imagine you're just talking about a situation where you feel kind of mistreated in the manner of your termination, right? But yeah. imagine imagine that didn't even exist at all, okay? And, and you had a great relationship, and everything was perfect, but your employer decided to let you go. You were surprised and you were let go. Oftentimes, those provisions in employment agreements intended to limit your entitlements are not enforceable. Way more often than not, because of how specifically worded these contracts have to be drafted, we as employment lawyers are able to get around them. So even if you didn't have issues with kind of what was going on in the workplace and your treatment or what have you, there'd still be a, at least a very good chance that we could get around that language and pursue your full entitlements. Now, 
otherwise, you know, if you're mistreated, that could be another reason we can get around it as well. Obviously, we need the details and you'd have to give us a call so we could review the contract and speak further. Mike, appreciate that quick call. We got to run into a first break. I'm going to give you a number to reach out to Andrew and have a further chat if you uh, you want to do so. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But employment law show continues. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Still some time to go here. We'll get to more of our topic uh, for the day here in just a bit after the phone calls uh, get all sorted out. We'll uh, we'll take those. Uh, talking about things people still getting wrong about termination of employment, and that is severance is not based on what the employer eh, wants to pay you. How about that? Oh, well, that'd be great for employers if it was, but <laughs> that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, what, you know, it, severance is not only not based on what an employer wants to pay you, it's also not based on the employer's financial circumstances, right? Like oftentimes employers say, oh, we're not doing so well, so we can only pay this or this, that, or right. the other. Unless the company's outright bankrupt and out of money, your severance is going to be based on your personal circumstances, which include your age, you know, your position, your length of service, and and really how difficult it'll be for you to secure alternate employment. And there could be other factors as well, such as, you know, if you have a disability that requires accommodation, such that that could impact your ability to work for uh, look for work and find work, or maybe you only have a high school degree where comparable positions require a master's or something like that, right? So what we're essentially looking at are all these factors that um, kind of together help inform us how long it'll take for someone to find new work. So the older you are, the longer you've been somewhere, things like that, that is what's going to dictate your severance. It has nothing to do with what your employer wants to pay you or not. Judy, you are up next. Thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? A member of my family was just um, let go. Uh, nine months with the company. Forty years old. Uh, he's an engineer, and uh, he's been offered two months severance with continuation of benefits. I would think he's entitled to six months at least, or thereabout. And my question is: Should we push for six months, and do we need a lawyer to send a letter requesting it? Well, those are all very excellent questions. Um, you know, in light of the fact that your family member is an engineer, which is a professional mm-hmm. position, uh, it de- definitely, I would say, more than two months is in the cards. Um, you know, obviously, we'd have to look at things like if there's an employment agreement and and we'd have to know the specifics of their compensation and, and a little more about the job, if they have managerial duties, things of that nature. I, mm-hmm. I think six months is, I wouldn't say necessarily at least six months, but it could be Mm -hmm. in and around six months, depending on kind of that further information. Now, with respect to what to do from here, anyone could go back and ask for better severance on their own. The issue becomes that companies often, and I've seen this time and time again, very smart people ask me this question all the time. Why even use you as a lawyer? Shouldn't I just ask for more severance? It's it's a very valid question. Mm -hmm. But the problem becomes the companies don't take you seriously unless you have a lawyer. And if you don't do the right things in the negotiation, then if it fails and then you then come back to me and say, okay, Andrew, I'd like you to do your job now, 
you've made my ability to do my job much harder if you didn't do exactly what it is that I would do as someone that does this every day, all day. You know what I mean? So you take yeah. a bit of a gamble doing that. So as a first step, I would suggest a consultation and then you can kind of take it from there. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks, Judy. That number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out to Andrew and his team. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Get uh, Daryl up next. Hi, Daryl. What's uh, what's your question? Uh, well, I, I the the manager. I got a new manager at my work. Uh, he's talking about a shift change. Yeah, you know, change change in the schedule. Um, I want to know what I should do about that. Okay. Well. Daryl, a couple things to note, okay? Has your shift ever changed in the past, or have you always worked the same shift? No, I have always worked the same shift so far. Okay, great. So two things. One is if the shift change is you know quite drastic, I mean, if we're talking about a 20-minute or half an hour shift from your start and end time, that's one thing. But if we're talking about you know a few hours or going from night to days or something more extreme, then like... Yes, it's it's like right now I'm two days on, two days off, two days on, two days off, basically, and they want to switch it to five days straight, including weekends, and I'll be working every weekend. Wow. Right. So that that is definitely a huge change. So the overwhelming likelihood is that you could treat that as a constructive dismissal by okay. refusing to accept that change if they impose it. Okay. But a couple things to note before you go. Number one. If you if you start working under the new shift, the longer you work under the new shift, the harder it'll be to claim constructive dismissal. Okay, that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about. Right. So you want to speak to a lawyer as soon as possible and give us a call as soon as possible. Number two, it is theoretically possible that something in your contract permits the employer to change the shift. The you know most contracts don't. Some people don't have contracts at all. But it is possible that it exists. So I can't tell you black and white over the phone that it is a constructive. So I would first, you know, have it your you know, have the situation reviewed in full, provide all the details to one of our lawyers, and then you'll have a sound, you know, understanding of your options. But on the surface, it certainly sounds like something you can treat as a constructive dismissal, which means you could you could reject the change and pursue a severance package. Exactly. Okay. Um so where do I go from here? Just call you guys off there? Uh, yeah, man, I'll give you the uh, the number right now. That number would be one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Daryl, yeah, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can also go to uh, employmentlawyer.ca, the website, and you'll get the phone number and all the contact information there as well. It's interesting you mentioned that little contract detail. Yeah, he, uh, like you said, chances are he probably doesn't have something written into the contract, but if he does, you know, we're allowed to change your shift, blah, 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 and it's legally binding, it's drafted properly, that could be the end of it for him right there, right? Right, absolutely. And, and, and that's why, of course, you know, we, we always want people that, you know, call in and ask for advice or, you know, information on the show. We, we want you to always, you know, really come in and give us a call or, you know, whatever it is for a consultation, because it is important to get those details to make a firm assessment. And like you just said, it is possible and many employers do provide for in their contracts that they can make those kinds of changes to your location or your hours or what have you. And that's just, you know, another reason why, you know, oftentimes on the show we mention that it is another circumstance where you want to talk to a lawyer is at the time of receiving a contract. 
because right. you might not think anything of it at the time. And that's what I tell people all the time. When you get a new job, things are roses and daffodils and you love your employer and they love you and everything's great. But it's always great till it's not right. So there could be these provisions in the contract that you don't think much of. But it, it, at some point in time, like Daryl just said, you know, a new manager came in. Now things are different. Right. So you want to protect yourselves and and contracts are a great way of employers take away your rights and, and you definitely want to have them reviewed before you sign them because that's the point that you can make the changes without having to deal with, you know, being out of luck later when they do make changes. I want to get an email in here uh, from Jess again, anytime for you as well. That might appear on the show. You never know. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Jess says I was fired uh, with a week's pay just days after filing a harassment complaint with HR against my manager. He had a history of problems, but the company seems to prefer to keep him on board and eliminate staff who speak up. Wow. What recourse do I have? Well, it's a very good question, and, and it kind of ties back to the discussion we had at the outset of the show about being let go for many reasons. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few reasons that, you know, not only could just be entitled to more, obviously more than one week's pay for severance, but this would be considered a reprisal under the health and safety legislation. So anytime you file a harassment complaint and then are penalized in this case, terminated as a result, that would be considered a reprisal and your entitlements could be far and beyond just your severance. Even as a result of a reprisal, you could be reinstated with full back pay. So, which could far exceed, you know, if Jess's severance entitlements are three months, she could get, you know, six months back pay plus reinstatement as part of a reprisal process. So in her situation, she certainly wants to, um, you know, speak to a lawyer about the issues. And even though she's been off offered one week's pay, which signals to me maybe she only worked there for just under a year uh her entitlements could far surpass someone with just a year of service yeah it's interesting that they we talked about this before uh andrew before we go here and there's 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 a very fine line well not even a fine line it's a bold line that companies have to take harassment complaints seriously they can't just say ah boys it will be yeah don't worry about it it'll, it'll blow over right right of course they and that the reprisal mechanism is in place to protect employees against just that. The, our legal system has said, if you're penalized for making a complaint, you're not going to just get your severance. You're going to also get something else. You're going to get additional damages. You're going to get maybe further back pay. And the whole reason is we, we hear it all the time when we have callers that say, you know, Andrew, I'm just scared to make a complaint. I don't want to make a complaint. I don't want right. to do this. But the reason that this this legislation and these laws are in place are to really ding the employer for penalizing you if you do raise the complaint so that you you aren't prevented or scared to do so. Thank you so much for reaching out to us on the phones and your emails to get a hold of Andrew and his team now. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca on the Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.